0: Our text this morning is found in the Gospel of Matthew and I would invite you to turn there and follow along as I read Matthew 21 and I'll read the first nine verses and then we'll conclude the reading by turning to chapter 23 and reading verses 37 through 39 Matthew 21 1 through 9. And when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble, and mounted on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of an ass. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the ass and the colt and put their garments on them, and he sat thereon. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus said, O Jerusalem, 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 killing the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken and desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
1: Once there was a king who reigned over a kingdom, the whole earth. He was a good king and very, very powerful. He loved his subjects and governed the whole earth with perfect justice. No one could find fault with him. No one ever rebelled because the king was an inferior king. When there was rebellion, it was just because... The people wanted to be kings themselves. And it came to pass that the king decided to plant a vineyard. A beautiful vineyard to yield fruit for his kingdom and for his court. He supervised the work himself and he planted the vineyard. He set a hedge about it. He dug a wine press. He built a tower in it. And he chose from all the peoples that were on the face of the earth, the poorest and most unlikely clan to be the tenants of the vineyard. It was an incredible honor. They could not believe it. He did for them everything they needed. He gave them all they lacked. It was an almost Unbelievable privilege. And in those early days, the tenants loved their work. They scarcely called it work. He let them eat from the grapes on the vines. He sent messengers to them again and again. He guarded their borders. It was as if he were doing the work for them. But that became a problem. Because soon the attitudes of the tenants began to change. They didn't like the idea of giving the king all the credit for the produce. In fact, they didn't like the idea of being tenants at all after a while. They wanted to be owners. The owners get the produce. The owners get the rent. The owners get all the glory, especially when they do so much of the work. So deep inside, the tenants began to want to be the owner. They wanted to be their own boss and not dependent on any patronizing distant king anymore. And so a terrible thing happened. One day, the king sent his servants to receive a load of fruit from his vineyard. They found no one in the winepress, no one in the barns, no one in the vineyard. And these servants were three of the most faithful messengers that the king ever had. They were duly commissioned. They stood in the very place of the king. They became very tense in the silence. And their hearts began to beat very hard in their chests. No birds were singing. There had always been birds. There were no children. There had always been children. And there was no music anymore. But then suddenly from everywhere, angry tenants emerged and surrounded them. Those who didn't have sharp pruning hooks held big, jagged rocks in their hands And the servants of the king were armed with nothing but the king's message and the memory of the words that he had told them just before they left the palace. He had said to each one very personally, though arrogance and rage assail, conspiracy will not prevail in death. Recall unerringly that you will always reign with me. And with that, they were better armed than the wicked tenants, but not against the pruning hooks. And the tenants rushed upon them and grabbed the two younger messengers and made them watch while they beheaded the old faithful messenger with the pruning hook. The king's pruning hook. They could hear him whispering as he stooped the king's promise until the blow fell. He really believed it. In death, recall unerringly that you will always reign with me. And then they turned on the younger tenants and they beat one and they stoned the other. And they threw them on a cart half dead and sent them back to the king with this message. We've had enough of sovereign care. We see no need with you to share. You have your kingdom's fields and towers. Go now, rule yours, and we'll rule ours. And when the king heard this message and how his friend and servant had been slain, he went away and took counsel in the royal chamber. And all the court expected that he would emerge arrayed for battle, for they knew that the king was a great warrior. And that he loved his servant. But when he appeared, he did not gather an army. He was not arrayed for battle. He summoned his six most faithful, most beloved ambassadors and asked, who is willing to go deliver my message to the tenants? And they were stunned. What message, my lord? And the king opened the scroll and read. Of me, it has been said of old, it magnifies my strength to hold in check my wrath, restraining woes and offer mercy to my foes. Turn now and bow the knee to me and I'll forgive your treachery. And he looked up again and said, who'll go deliver the message to the wicked tenants and all six stepped forward because there was no privilege greater in all the realm than to bear the message of the king. He took the hand of each one as if he were the only person in the world, looked him straight in the eye and said, Though arrogance and rage assail, conspiracy will not prevail. In death recall unerringly that you will always reign with me. And with that, as their only weapon, they journeyed to the king's vineyard. And when they saw the guards at the gate of the vineyard, they paused outside to renew their vows of loyalty. To the king. They entered a solemn covenant with each other that they would not avenge themselves, even if it should break their hearts. And as soon as they entered the gate, they were captured and bound and taken before the leaders. The king's message was read as he had written it. And the tenants were inflamed with rage Three of the ambassadors they killed, two they stoned almost to death, one they flogged until he passed out. They loaded the three dying ambassadors on a cart, threw the three mutilated bodies beside them and sent the cart back to the king with this message. If we should ever want a king, if we should ever want to bring our homage to a royal seat, know this. We'll stand upon our feet and ask no mercy, bend no knee. We'll build our own if need should be. And when the good king read this message and saw the bodies of his beloved ambassadors, he paused only an instant. And then he went to the chamber of his son, spoke a word, and the two left for the hills And stayed in the hills a long time. Meanwhile, back at the palace, there was a great commotion, noise, planning. The mighty men were preparing for war. The blood of the martyr messengers was screaming for justice to be done. The desecration of the king's name was intolerable, an intolerable offense for those who loved the king. And serve him day and night. The chariots were assembled. The armor was shined. The swords and the spears were sharpened and thousands upon thousands of mighty men gathered from across the realm to do battle for the sun and the king. And at the head of the camp, there stood a great white stallion, the largest, most beautiful horse In all the realm and only one person could ride the stallion at the head of the king's forces, the son, the king's only son. Soon the king would come. The king and the son arrayed for battle coming down out of the mountains. Strategy, the strategy of the hills would be unfolded. It would be an incomparable battle plan. The sun upon his mighty stallion and a thousand thousand warriors in his train. Early one morning. They were spotted coming down out of the hills and a great silence fell across the armies. What they saw was utterly incomprehensible. The king was dressed in mourning garments, leading a donkey with a hemp rope. And on the donkey sat the son dressed in beggars garments. They entered and passed through the camp. And as they passed, all the mighty men bowed to the ground in homage to the son and to the king. What had happened in the hills? What strange plan had these two made? It had not been done in haste. They had been gone a long time. No one had been consulted. There are no counselors in the court of this king. It was a strategy straight from the depths of the king's love and wisdom. And the son had joyfully agreed. They passed through the armies without a word and then stopped on the far side of the palace grounds nearest to the territory of the vineyard. And the king embraced the son. And spoke into his ear as they. Embraced. Though arrogance and rage assail. Conspiracy will not prevail. In death, recall unerringly that you will always reign with me. And after the sun rode off on the donkey, the king turned back to his loyal subjects. They had an inkling of what he was doing. They couldn't believe it. The wicked tenants wouldn't just kill him. They would humiliate him. They would torture him. It had been hard enough for them to imagine an all wise, all loving king sending six of his choice ambassadors to certain death. But now his son, his only son to be toyed with and destroyed by worthless scoundrels. And the king knew that they expected an explanation. And so he rose and stood beside his throne with his mourning garments on and simply said, When we have given all we can, then we will fight, but only then. So the armies of the realm kept themselves in readiness and the king sat down on his throne. The word spread everywhere fast. It ran ahead of the sun. before he arrived at the vineyard. He had never left. The palace grounds before he had never visited any other part of the realm and the people could scarcely believe it. In fact, many did not believe it. The king does not ride on a donkey. The king rides on a great white stallion like the ancient books teach us. The king does not dress in beggars garments. He wears white and purple and blue. But the old loyal subjects of the king who knew him best. Recognized the king in the sun. They knew that when they saw the sun, they had seen the king. And they were fearful of what was about to happen. And the children, all the children loved him. Even as he entered the awful gate of the vineyard, no one could stop the children. They ran and leaped and cheered and threw branches in his path. It didn't make any difference to the children that he was dressed in beggars clothes. Children haven't learned yet from their parents that you have to be rich in order to be happy. They had no trouble with childlike submission to the distant king. For them, it was wonderful. The sun is here. Long live the king. Long live the son of the king, they shouted. The wicked grown up tenants watched from a distance. They could hardly believe that the king was so foolish. What a dummy. They said, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him that we may have his inheritance for ourselves. Be our own king. And as they plotted the death of the king's son, the children chanted over and over as children will do. Great is the son. Great is the son who comes in the name of the king. He is the one. He is the one. All homage to him we bring. But finally the chanting ceased and the children went home. And the king's son was alone and he looked out over the vineyards. The soil, it was so rich and moist. The vines were so thick and strong. The branches were heavy with luscious grapes. And he wept. And he wept and he wept over the treason of the tenants and the desecration of the king's name. And when he lifted his head, he was surrounded by armed men. He steadied himself with the promise of the king and reached into his beggar's garment and pulled out the scroll And said, I have a word from the king. And we for him, they replied. Come, let us trade our messages begin. And the king's son opened the scroll and read these words. It is not seemly for a king to beg his subjects that they bring him love. But I do not delight in mustering my awesome might to end your lives forevermore. I send my only son, therefore, with news that I will yet forgive and let those who repent still live. Is that all? They snapped. No. My father said that I should. Add this. Behold. Your house is forsaken and desolate. For I tell you. You will not see me again. Until you sing with the children. Great is the son. Great is the son who comes in the name of the king. Now what is that supposed to mean? They sneered. It means that for you. Mercy is almost over. It means that soon your houses will be empty and your children fatherless. You will be no more and the vineyard will be taken and given to a people who bear the fruit of it. And I will return to this place on the great white stallion. And by the magnificent mercy of my father, a new generation Will welcome me with palms and grapes and love and happy submission to the king. And when they heard the word submission, they stopped their ears and screamed and ran upon him and said, now here is our message for your king. And they killed him, taking him out and nailing his hands and his feet to a tree like a poster on the highest hill. And they mocked him. And if they had been able to read his lips as he died, they would have heard these words. Though arrogance and rage assail, Conspiracy will not prevail. In death, recall unerringly that you will always reign with me. And as he died, he lifted his eyes high on the hill toward the region and the country of the palace. And he saw the armies. And all the hands of the thousands upon thousands of soldiers lifted in tribute to the valor of the sun. And the king standing alone at the head of the armies with the golden reins of the great white stallion in his hands waiting. Shall we pray? Great King and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for those among us. Who want to be their own king. And have spurned your mercy again and again and again and again. And and have despised your messengers And your donkey coming. And who cannot imagine. What it will mean. When you drive your stallion over the bodies of the unrepentant. Oh God have mercy this morning to convert these people. For this may be the last chance. Humble us, O God, to see the wisdom and the joy of submitting totally to you like a little child. That we might meet you not deeply wailing, deeply wailing when you come. But singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.